When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. And we are live, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the WWE NXT post show here at Wrestling Inc. It is the last NXT of this black and gold era. I'm Alfred Kunawa, joined, as always, by NYC Demon Diva. Uh, Glenn is not with us because he was just so distraught. He was inconsolable yeah. at the end of the black yeah, and gold I NXT mean- that he could not go on. If you guys watched the Friday podcast, Glenn openly spoke about his relationship with NXT. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's having a hard time with this breakup and we're going to let him <laughs> mourn and hopefully yes. he, he'll be over it by Friday. And we're mourning uh, with him. We're wearing black tonight because of the end of the yeah. black and gold era. And we're gold. Going into and gold. And gold. You see the gold yeah. earrings by NYC Demon Diva. So we're going into a new era. We'll talk about the end of this show and the end of this era uh, uh, soon enough. But we have news. And before we even get to the news, Issa, you are live at AEW All Out, which a lot of people are considering the greatest pay-per-view of all time. Uh, what was it like being in that live atmosphere? How did you like it? Oh, my God. It was so much fun, Alfred. Like, it was, I walked out of there with such a high and such, like, excitement that I haven't felt in such a long time. And we were just in Vegas and I'm not hating on Vegas. I have fun in Vegas, but it was, it was such a different atmosphere and a different vibe and a different mood. There was no break. Like there was no bathroom break here. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to get out of my seat. I was afraid I was going to miss anything. All right. I did get up during QT Marshall. I'll admit it. Okay. (laughs) But, (laughs) but the the vibe, the pop, everything was exciting. And I'm telling you, I walked out of there thinking like, AEW is not messing around. They're here and they're making a statement and they're going to make a change whether people like it or not. And it felt like, you know what, now that we're talking about the end of an era, I feel like the last time I walked out of a show that exciting, that excited was the old NXT shows. Like when Shinsuke won the title and we all walked out singing the song onto the streets of Brooklyn and everybody was happy. That's how this felt. And I haven't felt that in a long time. It was very exciting. It was my first AEW event. I think I picked the right one. Yeah, well, definitely. You're one for one for sure. I mean, this was, you know, AW right. typically puts on really good pay-per-views, but this, yeah. um, in terms of 
you know, they had some good matches and good angles and stuff like that. But in terms of all the news coming out of this show from Adam Cole, which is a big surprise for a lot of people, Daniel Bryan as well. Baby. And, and a lot of, you know, CM Punk, of course, is a in-ring debut. There was a lot of uh, special moments on this show that I think people are going to look back to in terms of AEW and its continued ascent. Uh, and uh, in terms of surprise returns, stop me if you heard this before, because another former WWE superstar who made his name on the, oh, no. the indies is possibly heading to AEW in that Kevin Owens, he's been playing with the internet, it seems. Uh, Kevin Owens had a tweet that shot out the coordinates to Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore was a stable. He was in with the Young Bucks and uh, Adam Cole, and he said, almost there. And then later it was revealed by Fightful Select that Kevin Owens' contract yeah. is up sooner than expected. So this is more screwing around with these contracts to where Kevin Owens, who was thought to be a free agent in 2023, well, now it's being reported will be a free agent in January of 2022. So start the speculation of AEW, possibly adding Kevin Owens or him not being in WWE. What do you think the future holds for Kevin Owens, Isa? I mean, Kevin Owens has been very open about not being happy in the spot that he's at, you know, but he also shows to resign recently. So I feel very back and forth when it comes to Kevin Owens because it's like, okay, you're not happy, but you did choose to resign. And I get it because he's a family guy. He has a family to take care of. I'm sure you got to look at numbers also outside of just creative happiness, right? That being said, there is connections, you know, to the outside company. I just don't want us to become the, oh my God, somebody's leaving. But there are certain names that just make perfect sense in all elite wrestling. And Kevin Owens is definitely one of them for me. I think Kevin Owens makes too much sense for AEW to the fact where I don't want to see him go there. They've they pretty much signed the same guy <laughs> five times. You've got Brand, Daniel Bryan. Uh, uh, Your Adam tweet, Cole, by Daniel the way, Phil, you know. I Fill my drink. I was drinking water when I read your tweet in regards to this, and I died laughing. Thank you for that. Yes, yes. They've signed a bunch of, you know, the Caucasians who made their names on the Indies, former WWE superstar. They have that prototype time and again, and I'm not even saying that they're interchangeable because as somebody who loves wrestling, I, you know, I love me some Kevin Owens. I love Daniel Bryan. It's not even about that. It's about AEW building its brand. Is It seems it's now overlapping on the type of talent it has. You're not going to gain yeah. new customers with Kevin Owens. I don't think there's anybody watching AEW right now who would watch AEW except like the hardcore of Kevin Owens fans if Kevin Owens showed up that he's going to move the needle to that degree so I feel like it's a little bit too much of a good thing and yes you know that is the narrative coming out of all out is a lot of people are on this high that AEW is coming for WWE and this is now a race which I felt for a while that AEW has been right. kind of on a trail of building momentum but having said that, I don't think this is going to be something if WWE loses to AEW, where like AEW is going to completely uh, get like a million viewers and surpass WWE SmackDown to get 2.5. I think it's going to be WWE is going to come down here and AEW won't have as much to overcome. And they're going to have like 1.5 million could beat Raw one of these days. But uh, and this kind of ties into another story in terms of AEW Rampage uh, and the Rampage viewership came in. I was very kind of surprised by this with the All Out show for yeah. um, the Go Home show for All Out. 696,000 viewers on TNT. It's down 3.6%. So now we're at under 700,000 uh, for the Friday night show, which, you know, AEW is trying to promote it as an, B, an A show, but I think a lot of people are starting to see that it might not be as high a priority, and that time slot is tough anyway. So um, the 696,000, do you think that uh, this is something that AEW is going to be able to build an audience around 7,800, or is this what you see for AEW in terms of their audience on Friday? 
I see a little bit of a back and forward in between it, right? I actually thought the pre-taped show was going to do worse than this one and that this one would get better numbers. So I was actually shocked. I expected it to be the other way around, right? Um, Where I thought this Friday would get more numbers. But the thing of it is, is they promote what you're going to see on Rampage on Wednesdays. And because, you know, it's such a wrestling heavy, you know what matches you're going to get. So if there's nobody of interest there, you're not going to tune in. And I didn't think that they put the most, the strongest card this Friday. I'm sorry, they didn't. I thought the Miro and Eddie um, promo was good. And, and I love the face-off between Darby and Punk. But outside of that, I didn't think the show was that heavy. And we talked about it, you know, on Friday. Um, but I I would always say that time spot is, is going to kill um, Rampage. Like, I really hope that eventually they put it somewhere else because it's such an easy show to digest. No matter what, whether the card is good or not, it's an hour. It's easy to watch. But after you just watch two hours of SmackDown on a Friday night, I just don't know that that's the right time spot for this show because I do think this show could be successful on a different night or maybe a different time. Yeah, no, it's a very good point. And another point to bring that up, and since the two weeks of CM Punk's return, this is now 43% of the audience from the 18 to 49 that have left and are not watching Rampage. So it kind of starting to paint a picture, especially if you see the Dynamite numbers, which I thought were good, but they did not blow anything yeah. away. They weren't even their best numbers of all time. And that a lot of people tuned in for the moment of CM Punk coming back, because there are people who are probably casual fans, people who remember yeah. the name CM Punk and know this, and they tune in for that big moment. And a lot of them, almost half of them have now kind of left and uh, you know gone on to, to other things that is not to say that cm punk is i the think draw. no yeah. i think that when cm punk came back and you had all these viewers tuning for it i think the second it was announced hey cm punk versus darby at all out you know i was even shocked that he did that gts on tv because you knew they were gonna get those pay-per-view buys we're not gonna have him get physical on tv you're going to have to start letting cm punk wrestle on one of the shows of the other if you're doing it for you know, for viewership. If you if you just want to see him punk there for pay-per-view buys, then keep him that way, but don't expect your viewership to go up if he's not going to be doing anything on TV. Um, that's that's just my opinion. I think as soon as he came back and they announced it that way, everybody knew he wasn't going to get physical on this show. So why watch him? I'll just wait, save my money for the pay-per-view and take it from there, you know? I think that this week we should be... Yeah, I think this week we should be paying attention to the numbers because not only do we have the follow-up from you know, all the debuts that we saw on at All Out, but also what's next for Punk and can we actually see him wrestle? And you got to remember, Grand Slam will be on TV for them. So maybe the buildup for Grand Slam will help them. You know, it's going to be a show that maybe will get them ratings. But I think personally, I'm not going to tune in a Friday at 10 p.m. if I'm a casual fan just to see him stare at Darby. I, that's not what I want to see. I want to see him Punk wrestle. So where do I go to see him wrestle? Yeah, and I, I think, but I do think that there's going to be a diminishing marginal returns for his first match back, too. I think the first time seeing him wrestle is the same caveat to where a lot of casual fans are going to want to pay, pay to see him wrestle. And then once that's done with, you've seen his first match back, I'll be very interested to see how their subsequent pay-per-views do. And if there is a drop-off, I think what this has kind of told us between these a small sample, I will admit, a small sample of viewership numbers post-CM Punk, that it's not going to be enough to just have CM Punk on the show and that he's the name that's Oh, no, no, but you have to sustain. do something... Yeah, you have to do something interesting with him. Like, and I'm very curious about this next field for him because if you're gonna keep him out of the title picture as you should for a little bit, you gotta put him in a super hot like field. You either gotta put him with like MJF, something that people wanna see, or you gotta put him with like I don't I don't wanna put him against Miro because you want CM Punk to keep racking up wins, but you gotta put him in a super interesting field that you make me wanna tune in for the promos. 
And the only way you're going to do that is going to be like, especially if you're going to keep in a, I'm really happy to be here, CM Punk, then you need the biggest douche in your show and that's MJF to come out and just make him feel like crap about it. I think, I think his next feud is, is got to be something super interesting. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, super. I think he needs to just keep playing up this happy to be here, Phil, because I have heard a lot of pushback against this kid, and he needs to foster this into a character. Maybe this is how he turns heel, is that he's just happier and happier to be here. Uh, but, you know, CM Punk, uh, I think, is a big enough star that if he's doing something impressive or important or something yeah. that looks good on the marquee, that's going to draw people in, but not a John Cena to where when they announced John Cena, Summer Cena, Cena, this, the ratings just shot up because it was John Cena. I, I don't think, yeah. and there's not a lot of people in the wrestling business like that. And I just don't think, I think CM Punk is a hair below that in terms, you're going to have to do something. And, and I think AEW will be able to do something with CM Punk in terms of creatively with the roster they right. have. Stellar Justin Lopez for $4.99. Let's be real, y'all. KO will never be champ again. He's positioned as a slot in, in the feud. The champ, uh, I said the other day, Bray should be in there. And we've got a two of two. Last WWE guy they should sign and chill. But if KO is available, you sign him. I disagree. I think the, the last WWE guy they should sign is Braun Strowman because he's not going to bring that the diminishing returns in terms of, oh, another indie guy. Because the way that AEW puts everybody in groups, as much as you love their Kevin Owens and your Adam Coles, your Daniel Bryan, one of them guys is getting lost in the shuffle. I don't care how big of a star yeah. you are. You have all these groups. It's easy to get lost in the shuffle on AEW. I want to see well, Braun Strowman because he's going to bring that heat in terms of being a guy who he, the indie fans hate. And he's and going really to look different. He's going to look different from their entire roster right now, yeah. right? Like, I, I mean, I, I see your opinion on that. Actually, you, I told you, you made me completely change my mind in regards to this whole Braun Strowman to AEW because I thought he was the least fitting for AEW, you know, when the releases happened. Um no, but yeah, I, I see I see where you're coming from. And I do think that as perfect as All Out was, in my opinion, there uh, there is some fine retuning that AEW has to do. They did it with Miro. Look at how they started with Miro. It yeah. took a little while, but they got there. I do think that they take a look at what they're doing, what was right and what's wrong, and they fix it. I also feel like Andrade is not clicking for me in AEW right now. They got to do something different with him because he looks like a million bucks. And maybe this, because I do think him and Pac would have freaking killed it all out and the travel issues happened. But I, he, to me, he's not clicking yet. You know what I mean? He I feels agree. a little in the mirror territory on the beginning. So I do think that they sometimes maybe like, I mean, I mean, they obviously got the debuts right on this pay-per-view, but there's a couple of people that they have debuted that they have not done so well with. As far as CM Punk goes and the ratings go, I do think if you put him, like I said, with somebody that they can go toe-to-toe promo-wise, people will tune in. But I do think that CM Punk do put asses in the seats. I do think people will pay for a ticket to sit down, to sing the entrance, to watch him come out live again. You might not tune in on TV, but if you know AW is coming to your city, you might go just because CM Punk is going to be there. Completely agree. Yeah, very, uh, he's still a very big star. Nobody is questioning his star power, yeah. but there are, you know, returns. Right. Hey, somebody who might be questioning his star power, an old rival of CM Punk's, Jeff Hardy was trending worldwide on Twitter and into today. I saw him trending, uh, you know, into the afternoon today because he was running around with the 24-7 guys. And, of course, Matt Hardy took to Twitter. He kind of retweeted a birthday tweet and said that, yeah, his thoughts are with Jeff Hardy or whatnot. Kind of maybe teasing at Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Why are they acting like he died? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, what do you think about Jeff Hardy? I didn't even notice it until it became a thing. I didn't even notice him in the crew. People, you know, you kind of zonk out watching Raw. Okay. But I did not notice Jeff Hardy was one of those people until I went back and saw it when people were freaking out. But people really seem to be bothered by Jeff Hardy in the 24-7 division, he said. 
I am happy to report that because of my travel schedule, I didn't watch Raw for the first time in weeks. And I was actually extremely excited about it. I was like, that was a nice <laughs> break. And I heard that I didn't miss out on anything, right? But when I started my stream today on my channel, she plugged, everybody was talking about Jeff Hardy in the channel. And I'm like, so what happened? So then everybody started telling me. And I'm like, okay, but when they gave him a mini push and he beat Karrion Cross, everybody got pissed that he beat Karrion Cross, yes. so they put him on something else and now everybody's pissed about that. And it's just like, what do you guys want WWE to do with Jeff Hardy? Because he's in a weird limbo because everything that he does seems to upset someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Should he be in the 24-7 title? Don't, don't put him, I'd rather you not even put him on TV. Is he being punished for catching COVID? I don't know, because they're petty like that too. And he was in that program with Karrion Cross, and then he got sick, and then that whole thing went to a mess. So who knows if he's just being treated like crap because he got sick at the wrong time. I wouldn't put it past him because, you know. I know. You're the world wide <laughs> leader in pettiness, and, and you're absolutely right. It's just that you can't <laughs> ever do right by, you know, some fans. Sometimes they'll, they'll freak right. out on one instance and the other instance. But it does, to be fair, it is two extremes of Jeff Hardy. Like, one is... <laughs> You know, he's beating a guy who, you know, I think absolutely nobody thought should have lost in his debut. And on the other hand, now he's at the very bottom somewhere where I still don't think that Jeff Hardy should be. So there is a happy medium they can navigate with Jeff Hardy instead of all these extremes. But, yeah, poor Jeff Hardy seems to always be on the wrong side of outrage, Jeff Hardy. He should have... You know, I'm not even gonna say. He should have never resigned and left when Matt did, too. Yeah, well, they might listen. The young bucks have been doing like swanton bombs in their matches, and I think they've been kind of they might know something we don't about the contracts that are going in WWE. Uh, exclusive <laughs> news insider in all caps, so that's ten dollars of a super chat. Uh, you better scream it. <laughs> you guys think AEW will ever have the audacity to air on Monday nights? Issa, what do you think? Uh, I mean. I think we'll, I, I have a feeling will Tony Khan love that? Yeah, but this is this is like not their decision. This is a network thing. Like you don't know what the network's got running. This isn't if if it was up to AW, I guarantee you they would try to run to to with, with shows that WWE is running, especially right now. But it's not up to them. It's it's up to the networks. And these networks all have their own programming going on on Mondays and I don't see it happening. I think that Tony Khan will have to get everything straightened up to a point where if he doesn't he needs to put it in a situation where he will beat WWE in the ratings. Otherwise, you're going to destroy all the momentum that you have going right now. So if he does it, he needs to do it once his show is averaging 2 million viewers or more. Otherwise, people are just going to be like, oh, you failed. Just like people say about NXT against AEW. Yeah, I don't think it's necessary to go to Monday nights. I think people like it. There's a sentimental feeling toward yeah. it, but it will cannibalize viewership. Um, as somebody who had to cover both, you know, NXT and yeah. AEW, it was a pain in the ass. And I dreaded yep. Wednesday nights because of it, even when the shows were good. And also just being on different nights, you're going to be able to build different audiences and it's not going to burn out wrestling fans as much. And the business has to be way hotter. I mean, I think the Monday Night yeah. War is the reason it worked so well and for so long, about a year or so of this, is because the business was just so, so hot that even those big audiences could support two wrestling shows on Monday night. And I just don't think we're at that point right now. Right. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, Stephen M for 499 says, when his contract is up, could MJF be the next Jericho for WWE? I mean, he could, in my opinion. I don't see MJF going anywhere. Um, being like the way that he's been built right now in AEW and being one of the day ones. Think about what Daniel Bryan's first words on his promo were about 
the foundation of AEW. He really put over the guys that have been there since day one. There's going to be a seniority once AEW keeps growing that is going to make the day one guys go, do I really want to leave? Because right now I'm the, I'm the big guy around here. I've been here since day one, and that does buy you a little bit of more creative and, and a lot of more freedom in any company, not just AEW. Seniority is a big thing in companies. So, I mean, I think he could be the, he could be the first MJF for AEW. Why do we want these people to be the next this? Let's start establishing new stars so we don't have to keep trying to compare him to these old stars that are not here anymore. I'm just ready for a new era of wrestling with new stars and fresh takes. Me too. And that's why I get upset with the Kevin Owens of the world is going to AEW because it seems like now I'm watching ROH and it's not a new era of wrestling. And I do agree with that first MJF to where MJF could be the first MJF for WWE too. You don't need him to be Y2J or anything. There's just going to be a lot of um, variables in terms of deciding whether or not MJF goes to AEW. Remember, a lot of AEW contracts will be up after WWE's next television yeah. right deal. So, I mean, yeah. you think they're making money now. They might be able to throw all kinds of money at people to come. And then also, is MJF a top star? Is he a world champion by then? Is he still in the mix? Or is he kind but of on the know, outs uh, by then? To play devil's advocate to my own opinion and to try to just give you both ends of the spectrum, I actually see MJF as an entertainer as well. So if he went mm-hmm. to WWE, he might succeed because he can cut promos, his entrances. Like what he did at All Out, I think he hasn't been talked about enough. That troll job that he did with that entrance was beautiful. He he could be an entertainer too, and, and, and that's what WWE likes. So could he go over there and be successful? Probably. I agree. He is the most WWE guy in AEW. And I think it's one of the reasons that he gets over so well as a heel is that he rarely wrestles on the show. It's a lot of 90% <laughs> entertainment is his act. And he would fit yeah. in if they wanted him to. He could be like what The Miz is. But again, there's nothing like MJF. It's not fair to compare him to too many people. Yeah. Agreed. So we get into NXT, which is now at its uh, final black and gold episode. And we went off with kind of a bang- banger. I think we were talking off air, uh, Issa, about how yeah. much we did like the show. I think there was a lot of highs. Uh, starting with the opening match between Kaylee Ray and Ember Moon. This was kind of designed to be a showcase uh, for Kaylee Ray's moveset, but it was an even match. 50-50 of them going back and forth. Ember Moon hit that kind of quick snap, almost one-wing angel move she has that I really like. Um, but uh, the match ended with a roll-up exchange into a gory bomb by Kaylee Ray, and Kaylee Ray beats Ember Moon. What did you think about this match, Issa? I really enjoyed this match. Um, Just shout out to Ember Moon, who has been working on herself, and I saw her post some pictures of her body and her transformation, and I always think that is amazing when people just work on themselves like that. Very confused with how they're booking Ember Moon, but I guess getting a win over Ember Moon really can help put people over because I think it worked. I'm not very familiar with Kat. Kylie Ray because I don't watch NXT UK and I thought she looked amazing tonight but it takes two to tango so you know like I think it helped who they put her out there with for the American audience to get more familiar with her Ember Moon is amazing she never some of the things that she does to me just like blow my mind Um, but I thought both women looked very well I thought it was a banger of a match to start with and a great showcase for Kylie Ray yeah, and that's a great point in that Ember Moon looked like she's in the best shape of her life because I have been seeing some yeah. of these uh, pictures on social media and she looked great in there. She was really, you know, really moved around well. And I'm glad it seems like they're doing something with her uh, in terms of moving forward because she did cut a promo after this where she said it, something's going to need to change. So I think we're getting a... I know, Ember stay Moon. tuned. I know, and her saying that and, you know, a whole new NXT coming next week, it will make sense for her to try to reinvent her character. I would love to see a heel, Ember Moon, as soon as she gets to keep her finisher. Yeah, I don't think she's ever got to be a heel. 
on NXT. Or no, no, no. She's I'm, always I'm been a face, so I would love to see. I, I was hyped when I saw her come back to NXT, so I just want them to do something with that because I do think that name carries. You know, getting a, a win over Ember Moon means something, but if she keeps losing all these matches in a row, then it's going to stop meaning something. So they have to kind of like change things around with her now because she lost to what, Raquel and now she lost to Kylie Ray. So yeah, something has to change. Let's see what happens. Now, we saw a bachelorette party with Indy Hartwell. Uh, she's surrounded by a lot of women from the NXT roster. Her best friend is there. Caden uh, and Casey were TikToking, or as uh, Candice LeRae said, flip-flopping. And uh, Indy Hartwell, <laughs> this is the funniest part of this was when she said that uh, the man who stalked his way to my heart, <laughs> and then they get a shot of all these women looking at her like, wait, what? What? And, uh, <laughs> she doesn't, so she has Candice Ray to a toast, and uh, you know, the idea is that Candice Ray is begrudgingly getting on board with this thing. What did you think about the bachelorette party segment? I've been loving NXT and this, um, this back like out of like the segments that they're doing that are backstage or not in the arena. I think they've been killing it, uh, especially since the way with Candace and, and Index and, and with the Butler, Cameron Grimes, and Ellen Knight. Regardless, I thought this was fun. I thought it was cute. She said, my best friend who came all the way from Australia, she was like, no, I came from Disney World. Like, that was so funny. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Um, it was cute when she was, like, trying to give Candace Ray like, some, like, you know, like, I owe this all to you. And Candace is like, I never wanted this to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, it was fun. It was it was very, very cute. I was actually looking forward to what they would do. I thought that the first segment went well. It looked, it really did look like what a bunch of women would do to celebrate one of their girls getting married so it was cute yeah yeah we had a bachelor party later on in the evening that we'll get into as well uh we got into santos escobar versus carmelo hayes thought this is a, yeah. a pretty good match actually i thought they worked very well together the finish came when electra lopez body slammed carmelo hayes on the outside uh so she's kind of like the china figure it looks like and he really sold it so right. then he Phantom driver, Santos Escobar wins. Very surprised that they beat Carmelo Hayes in the first match after this NXT breakout tournament, which they really push, especially if he's positioned mm -hmm. as a contender for the North American title. I have no problem with Santos Escobar winning a match and even featuring Alexa Lopez. I just think this could have happened with anybody else. Agreed. I said that earlier. I was talking about how I feel like both of these guys needed the win. So it was a weird match to book because I, I've been open in this show about how I don't like how they took Santos Escobar from up here to losing all the time. So he needed the win. But the guy that you're going to have challenge for a title probably shouldn't be losing right now, especially after he beat Odyssey Jones. You're going to lose to Santos Escobar. You know what I mean? Now, I did like what they did with... Um, Electra Lopez here. I do think she's looking like the power, like like she's not just a female added to the to the faction. She's really here to kick some ass too, you know. Right. But I didn't like the result because I didn't actually. This is one of those times that I hate to say this, but it should have had no finish or the match should have not been booked because both of these guys needed a big win right now. But they worked so well together. The match was enjoyable, and at any time I thought either one of them could take it. No, absolutely. And I you know, completely agreed. Um, I like, I do like what they're doing with Electra Lopez. I like that they're making her like yeah. a muscle and she's going to, you know, eventually square up with B. Randy, uh, who's very tall. So I think it'll make it very convincing if this woman is like a tough yeah. woman against B. Randy. Uh, so yeah, yeah. That, that, listen, I love Exodus Escobar. I just, uh, it was just very weird to see this is the first thing they're doing with Carmelo Hayes after he won this big tournament and big contract. And yeah, you're right. Beat Odyssey Jones, who I think is going to project to be a very big star. I don't think we're going to see him get yeah. beat too much. Right, uh, but next, it's just like you can beat Odyssey Jones, but you can't beat Santos. Let's go on. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Weird WWE math. Uh, we get a mm-hmm. promo from the Creed Brothers, which we will talk about later. Uh, this is when Ember Moon also backstage promo for her. And we yeah. get a Hit Row promo, which is pretty good, but it was like a backstage saying that they're not going to get caught slipping again. Uh, then we got the yeah. NXT Women's Tag Team Championship between Io Sarai and uh, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark versus Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Okay, so this was, uh, I, I noticed, I, I know, it doesn't get talked about enough. Caden Carter is really, really good. I thought she was great in this match. Yeah. I thought she really stood out. I thought it was a fine tag team match. The story was Io Shirai refused to tag in for most of the match. For a lot of the first half of the match, she just refused to even acknowledge uh, Zoe Stark. Zoe had to tag herself in, and eventually they started to work together. Uh, they win, and then afterwards they get attacked by JC Jane, uh, Mandy Rose, and uh, Gigi Dolan, uh, which is weird because they attacked uh, they got attacked by Sarai last week in a big angle, but I'm guessing there's going to be a six-woman. Uh, but they attacked uh, Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Uh, so what did you think about the match and the post-match angle? Do you want to know why Io was refusing to tag in? Because she's not a tag team wrestler. Right. That's why. Because she should be in the singles division being the badass that she is. And these tag team titles need to be unified already because neither one of them mean anything on the main roster or on NXT. And you're just wasting the talent that is Io Shirai. I was thinking about the women's champions in NXT history today because I was trying to have a an emotional <laughs> stream about, you know, how, how the era, the black and gold era. And I was like, how did Io go from, like, where she was to we see her wrestle once every month like two months i don't know i i i don't know why these titles were created and i feel like some they're they're putting these women and they're stuck in a bad storyline that being said i do like the story that they're not getting along and i just can't get behind it because i do think eo needs to be in the in a in the singles division not in a tag team yeah, yeah. I mean, I like that they're doing something with this team or whatnot, but those NXT Women's Tag Team Championships have not really been established because they're rarely on television. And, I, you know, as much as I did like this match and, like, the story that they told, yeah. there just never seems to be any momentum behind these titles. It always comes off as if they're doing, like, Casey and Caden actually seem like a legitimate tag team. They dress alike. They do, they, and, they, and they've been together off. the longest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't do enough in terms of more tag teams like that. I never buy that I'm watching two tag teams compete for this title. Exactly. And you know what? Like, not to, like, throw shade, but it's just, like, the titles change hands within 60 minutes of them being established. That should have given us an example of how this was going to go. Yeah. I just think there's so many talented women in NXT, and and you're putting some of your ones that should be singles and maybe some that should be tagging. You don't have them tag teaming. It feels weird the direction that they're going in. Maybe with this new reset, we'll see a, a different direction. But I agree. I think um, Casey and her partner are like the best and the most established tag teams in the division. Maybe they should win it, and like that way you can free Oio again because I don't like I don't like her in a tag team. Yeah, I do see them winning eventually, maybe. But you know, if they spin off into a six woman tag match with Mandy Rose and her crew, they might. Uh... Might be a while away from that, but uh, right. we get uh, to the bachelor party. So not the bachelorette party. This is the bachelor party, and I immediately popped because Cameron Grimes showed up. He's invited to the bachelor party. This is kind of clever what they did. They had Cameron Grimes. They had Drake Maverick, the hardest working man in wrestling right now. He was on Raw last night, and here he is back on NXT at a bachelor party. Odyssey Jones is in this, which I don't know about that. Uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, Dexter Lewis, and then referee Zombie. It was a callback to Halloween Havoc of last year with that yeah. uh, Night of the Living Dead match, the, that 
cinematic type match they had between Dexter. Yeah, and he was awesome that he was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. When axe throwing, Issa. Have you ever been axe throwing, Issa? Yes, I have. It's fun. Have you Very done fun. it? Yeah, I've done it once. Oh my I god, I love time. it. Yeah, yeah, I sucked at first though, but then <laughs> once I got the, the once I got the hit of it, I was like, okay, the more beers you drink, the better you get at it. Actually, yeah. Like, and I they always serve beers there, it seems. It, uh, I know. Really tough on your shoulder. My shoulder was killing me after I did it the first time. Mm-hmm. But they did do it. Uh, my favorite part of the segment was when they were like, anybody got experience throwing an axe? And the Dexter raised his hand slowly uh, because he is a psychopath of the group. They played laser tag. <laughs> They played a little ski ball, and it was just like a montage to where at the end, Dexter and Johnny Gargano were high-fiving. Candice and Indy were spying on them the whole time, and Indy uh, comes up and says, you cracked Johnny's nut. So now it seems we're all one big happy family before next week's yes. big wedding. Yes, I cannot wait. I love a good wrestling wedding. I love this, and I love the fact that they had Candice and Indy spy on it because it's like everybody knows every girl wants to know what their fiance is doing at their bachelor party making sure you're not getting any kind of trouble you know so i love the fact that they added that in there there's not a better bonding experience than going spying on your fiance's (laughs) bachelor party with your friend so i love that everybody's a big happy family we'll see where it goes i am so excited for this wedding i i we haven't had a good wrestling wedding in too long so i'm hyped (laughs) do you know this from experience in terms of spying on a bachelor party have I helped a friend spy on a bachelor party? Yes, I have. Wow. Yes, I have 1,000%. I'm not going to deny it. And, and, and there was some guys... strippers. There oh, were okay. strippers. <laughs> Did everybody behave? Was this a good uh, bachelor party? I mean, they looked like they were behaving. I was trying to exaggerate just because I like starting fights. You know, like I just enjoy <laughs> people fighting. <laughs> no wonder why I cover wrestling right now. I just enjoy <laughs> fights. So, you know, you like I'm like, team. are you sure you... She's like, no, because the best friend, the best friend has ordered the strippers. So he didn't know there was gonna be strippers there. So she got soft and she was like, I forgive him because he didn't know. And I'm like, whatever, you just you just pay for the wedding already. So I don't want to cancel it. That's all. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and about speaking of the wedding, okay. So I'm very much looking forward to the wedding next week. Uh, but I can't have a feel I think Beth Phoenix is gonna ruin this wedding. I just, I don't know why. In the back of my mind, I think she's somehow going to be the one who ruins this wedding. Mark How? What do you think she's gonna do? She's so excited. She's very excited, but that's the thing. Since the beginning, it always seems so random that they have Beth Phoenix is such a integral part of this wedding. There's gotta be some kind of payoff yeah. to this, right? And she's the one who was holding on to the ring and she's the one who pushed index to propose. I mean, you might I like this conspiracy. Next week you're gonna show up and be like, I was right. <laughs> I don't think so. I think she's gonna be I think she's gonna be the official of the wedding and she's gonna declare them husband and wife. Oh, that'd be great. You know, listen, if any of this leads to a Beth Phoenix return match, I'm here for it. I'd love to see it. Oh my god, uh, she should she gonna that, that now that's who should be in a tag team with Natalia holding the belts, you know, that will make sense, but oh absolutely, that would be great. <laughs> uh we get to the Creed brothers. Uh, Brutus and Julius Creed against a couple of local enhancement talent. Listen, I don't know what anybody thinks about this. This might have been my favorite thing on the show. These guys, think about if Brock Lesnar was a tag team. This is the Creed brothers. Like Scott's, they're like the Steiner brothers mixed with AOP. Yeah. They did that AOP move where they banged the guys' backs together and hit the power slam. Uh, they, they threw one of the guys out of the ring. There was a cartwheel spine buster. I mean, these Creed brothers looked amazing to me. I mean, I, I don't care about the Diamond Mine, but this is the most I've cared about the Diamond Mine since it's begun. What did you think about the Creed brothers, Issa? I agree. I thought this, I was like, how did these two guys manage to legitimize 
Diamond Mine more in a night that they have done with Diamond Mine since they debuted. Like Diamond, they they've been struggling since they debuted, and these two guys come out and just look like complete badass in in a night. It was like, why do they look like the most legit thing about Diamond Mine and they're brand new? I think it's a smart decision to add them. I I mean, sometimes because of what we know, I get baffled by the fact that you release members of Diamond Mine to then bring new people on, then it doesn't make any sense. But outside of that, yeah, they they were bad. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to see what they do next. They looked intimidating as soon as they came out. I love that you said if Brock Lesnar was a tag team because once you said that, now I cannot see it because you're absolutely right. (laughs) And they have the same credentials as Brock, like, you know, NCAA and all of that. Like, they really are bad dudes. One is Greco-Roman um, that he yeah. plays in Greco-Roman wrestling, and the other is Olympic wrestler. Yeah. And these guys just, they look so legit. And the promo was whatever. It was, you know, they were Malcolm Bivens building him up, and they were just a couple of these big, you know, corn-fed guys. But when I saw him in the ring, I, I just thought these guys were great. They have the old wrestling singles. I just love these guys as a tag team. Yeah, yeah, they felt very legit. Yeah. And I'm telling you, do you not think this is the best showing for Diamond Mine since they debuted? Yeah, this is absolutely is. This yeah. Is, see, now I'm uh, yeah. now they've got my attention. Uh, this is the type of guys because these are the this is what they were teasing with the diamond mine. They would have some legit guys right. who could shoot and stuff like that. So this seems more of their speed. Uh, we get uh, a matchup between Mei Ying and a local enhancement talent. Listen, Mei Ying's been sitting in this throne for months. Ten thousand years. Six months. She's been in that throne oh. since the well, NXT was on Wednesday nights. Okay, and yes, 10,000 years she's been there. You're right. <laughs> Even before that, 10,000 years. And they've just been building up how big of a monster this woman is, how everybody's scared of her. We had the shooter, an MMA guy, run away from her, and she's been sitting in the throne. So I really didn't know what she looked like in terms of a wrestler. She gets out to wrestle this dance with talent. This is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in my life. She couldn't have been more than four foot five. Like, she was a very short wrestler, and it it just did not. I'm sure if they build up a head of steam behind this woman, but she is as small as, like, the top rope, if that. And she, listen, they gave her a squash match, and, like, when I see Abaddon, Abaddon is terrifying. She's short in a small package, but terrifying. This may mean something about this. Just the way they've been booking her over the past several months. Like, this is what everybody was scared of? And, uh, like, I'm sure they're going to build her up. But this was not intimidating. It was not scary to me. It was a very exceptionally diminutive woman uh, really kind of dominating another person. And I, I thought I thought it was adorable. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because I couldn't wait to get to this because I was like, okay, is that... I, w- I was going to ask you, was she what you were expecting, you know, from <laughs> sitting on the... And then they put her in, like, this big, long robe. So you really can never grasp her size. You really can't. And she's sitting on a throne. You really didn't know what to expect. And this tiny little petite woman shows up to them. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought that she was gonna like I don't know maybe come out like you say like I've done like come out like the girl from the ring and like look like mad scary yeah. especially if you're not if you're small you know because I don't want there's a lot of excellent small female wrestlers you know but it was just like weird because you're just feeling this evil spirit from 10,000 years and then she was just like you said so freaking cute and I'm like how am I supposed to be scared of this woman <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, she's got like the perfect. Here's the thing: when I heard she was debuting tonight, I thought like, why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just wait until next week? You've been building this thing up for so long. It should be in front of exactly. a live crowd. I think this is why they didn't do it in front of a live crowd because it wouldn't have gotten to. You know, they would have like mocked her or jeered her or whatever. It just I don't think anybody realized how small she was based on. And this is a credit. To I did I never her. knew she was that small. I didn't know yeah. she was that small. They've been booking her like yeah. she's uh, not that I expected her to even be a monster. If she was average size, you cannot ignore the fact of how short this, this person was. Uh, but and that's I really the hope... thing. You should have given her some kind of like ooze or some kind of like, yes. I don't know, something to just make her look larger than life. You know what I mean? It was Absolutely. just adorable. And it's like, I don't think adorable is what they were going for. But you said adorable. I said she's so cute. I don't think that's what they're trying to go for here. You know, yeah, I'm just right. saying. <laughs> We're not going for the toy audience. Like they're supposed no. to create this actual monster. Kelvin Alexander for five dollars. The Creed Brothers put on an old-fashioned mid-south squash yeah. match. They got something. I agree, and that's maybe why it stood out so long because it was very old-school feel. It was like a. It, it reminded me of the days when, like, the old-school territories really promote the tag teams. It was like old, whether it was mid-south. Reminded me of like. Reminded me of Brock and Shelton when they would tag team together yes. in their matches. That I really, those were the vibes that I got out of these two guys. Minnesota Wrecking Crew, absolutely. That, that, yes, oh my Minnesota. gosh, they were so good. I, I I popped so hard when they hugged at the Royal Rumble. I knew Brock was going to eliminate Shelton eventually, but getting that short reunion of the two of them at that 2020 Royal Rumble, it was priceless. I still would love to actually see them get one more run together. They were awesome. That'd be great, yeah. At least one more match together. Come on. Brock one more match together. Like, Shelton Benjamin is like the godfather of Brock's kids. Like, these guys are yeah. legit, really good friends. And it's just like, let them, if you don't want to, if you don't want to do anything with Brock, then let him do that. Like, I think it will be fun. You know what I want to see? <laughs> uh, because Brock what? is chasing Roman. I want to see Shelton and Brock versus the Usos. Oh my stop stop why would you put that in my mind no well, oh my god it will be so good let's hope we get it oh my we can god get please <laughs> please Nobody listens to the show i know they do uh we get to our main <laughs> event it's msk versus lorkin and birch so pretty good match some ground and pound by birch and lorkin kind of trying to ground them and then a high-flying offense by msk msk wins with their double team maneuver and their finisher but the big news coming out of this is after msk wins ridge holland and pete dunn turn on lorkin and birch lay them both out so lorkin and birch one week before the new era of nxt have been laid out uh, what did you think about this match and the post-match angle, Isa? The match was fun. I, MSK as are the as as baby face as it gets, and they work well that way. I'm glad that they got that win over these two just to legitimize. They feel like this is going to legitimize their tag team, you know, run champions run because they didn't beat them for them. Um, I thought it was a really fun match. I thought they worked well together. Very curious as to why. Um, Pete Dunne, why they turn on them. Like, I really want to hear an explanation. Hopefully we get a promo for them or something like that because it was like, okay, so they lost to the tag team champs, but that's not enough reason for them to turn on them. So I'm more, I'm very invested into the turn there and what they're going to do with it because I believe Pete Dunne is also going to chase after the NXT yeah. title. No, isn't he like a number one contender match? They're so it's like, why would you double? It's Champa, Dunne, LA Knight, and Kyle O'Reilly for next week. Right. So in my opinion, it feels like if you're going to put Pete Dunne on that, why break up his faction? Why not do it after? You know what I mean? Unless right. he's just not winning and you need a storyline for him to, to have. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. But 
And I'm very curious as to get the explanation for why. But wrestling-wise, I thought the match was a lot of fun. I thought in ring tonight, we had a lot of really fun matches and, and, and good stuff. I, I, I was entertained. It was an easy show to watch. Yeah, definitely was an easy show to watch. It's very um, strange that they had such a sudden turn. I hope uh, that they follow up with some kind of angle, maybe. But I think it's yeah, better they, that Dunn and Ridge Holland are just together as two. I think that's much better than having all those guys there. Yeah, I, I agreed. I just want a good explanation as to why. Yeah. That's it. Even if they Absolutely. don't even, even if they don't have a match, just give me the why. You know what I mean? Like why? Right. And, and we'll see. We'll see. We have Bear Hudson for five dollars. Quick question: Should there be strippers at your parties? And should there also be a one-day pass for both parties? I had a pass in use it that day. Learning a little too much about Bear, that. You got to elaborate on that. Like, what kind of pass? Was there rules to the pass? Like, can you... Listen, this is super interesting, but... Yeah, it is. Oh, man. There should be There should be strippers. They should not. I think, I think the stripper questions depends on what what the couple is all about, right? Like some people love going to strip clubs. Some, if you tell me, so what would be your perfect bachelorette party? Take me to Yankee Stadium with my girls to watch a Yankee game in a suite with food and alcohol, like unlimited. That's how I would do my, I don't want a stripper. I want to see the Yankees beat some, yeah. beat the Red Sox. That's what I want to see. So I think the stripper thing comes down to what the couple is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Wild boy, Bear Hudson, by the way. But I, I think it's just, it's definitely case sensitive. <laughs> Because it could be something where, like, let's say somebody cheated in the past with a stripper. I'm sure right. that person would say, okay, no strippers at your bachelor or bachelorette party. I think uh, that might be a fair rule to say. But I think it's uh, everybody has to have that conversation before the party. Uh, or Alfred, not at all. Would you, have they, your, you know? would you have your bachelor party in Applebee's? Oh, yeah. There will be strippers in the Applebee's, too. So I'm getting yes. the best of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta start. I gotta start playing. I gotta get married just to have the bachelor party, and then the day after, just be like, you know what? I don't think this marriage thing is for me. But the, the bachelor. Party oh my is god! Uh, that is uh, that is your uh, Tuesday night NXT podcast for morning. That's it. End of an era, Issa. We did it. Next week is going to be the colorful NXT. Are you looking forward to the colorful NXT next week? I'm going to have to wear a colorful outfit for the show. Look, my nails are kind of ready. You see my like nails? That. They're super yes. colorful. So like yeah. my nails are like, I'm, I'm transitioning from the old era to the new era. Alfred, who was your favorite NXT champion from the black and gold era? Wow. So when we see the black and gold, we're talking all of NXT in terms of this. From the beginning. Form. Yeah. From the beginning. From Seth Rollins to Samoa Joe. <laughs> I liked, you know what? This is crazy. I like Sami Zayn as my favorite NXT champion. Wow. WWE as like a fighting babyface champion when everybody was a heel. I thought that just stood out and it was, he had some great matches and I thought he was just really, talk about a guy who was just a natural babyface. I thought he had some of the right. best work I've ever seen in his career. My favorite was Shinsuke Nakamura. No, oh, of course, yeah. No, he was, he was a really was, good champion. What about, yeah, what about the women's? Who was your favorite women, oh. black and gold era women champion? Number one, Asuka. That, Asuka might be Asuka, my favorite me too. superstar from yeah. NXT, man, you know, in, in general. But Asuka, she was so that good. run where she was yeah. undefeated, yeah. Okay, yeah, Asuka, Asuka's my favorite as well. And, and there's so many. That list of women that have held that title is so impressive, right? Yeah. But I always Asuka, say Asuka. And last Bayer. but not least... What was your favorite feud? Favorite feud in NXT? Okay. Oh, man. Favorite <laughs> feud. Okay. The actual feud. You know what? Ciampa and Gargano really sticks yes. out to me. 
because they did it for that so is, long. And that is the correct out. answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, and especially after we just saw this Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. So you got to see a feud kind of overstay its welcome, which I think happens more yeah. often than not. With a feud as long as that was, that was great. I thought that was great. And feud. even, even great from start. the turn, I didn't feel like the breakup of the Undisputed Era felt as powerful as that breakup between Ciampa and Gargano felt like that was such a moment I remember yeah that is that is such a good feud like that yeah. that is the correct answer period they had probably the best feud during that era and we'll see what happens I'm trying to stay positive I'm going to continue to watch I still enjoy NXT I've been saying and praising like we should focus on what we enjoy on every show instead yeah. of what we don't enjoy and if you don't enjoy it at all then just stop watching that particular show but I do think that right now it's a fun time to watch wrestling and I do think every show has something even raw because i enjoy damien priest and okay bro you know even raw has something to enjoy so hopefully nxt is just a new look maybe it gets plastic surgery but you can still take it out on a date like you know when a girl gets plastic surgery and it's the first time so she still looks good you know what i'm talking about right <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah, like, like then they start overdoing it and you're like yeah your lips look like this like not anymore maybe nxt is on the stage where it just gets one and that's it and it still looks good <laughs> so NXT is not quite at Dolly Parton levels yet, but you know it's, it's right. Now, it's first round of plastic surgery. And Dolly it's from a B, it's from good, a B you know? to a D. You know, not like <laughs> a F. Like NXT is gonna look good next week, and we're gonna take it out on a date. Let's do it. NXT is season three of Kim Kardashian. So uh, let's hope <laughs> that we get that version of NXT. And for Issa yeah. at NYC Demon Diva, follow our YouTube channel. Best reactions in the business. And then at this is Nasty and Pro Wrestling Bits. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. It's going to be a fun show. I'm glad with us. It's going to be colorful. NXT, uh, we hardly knew you, but we are looking forward to a new beginning. Good night, everybody. Love you, NXT. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.